Jack, I wish we had kind of like a siren to alarm <laughs> for all of these emergency podcasts. Uh, we have another episode, another yeah. emergency episode of the Blind Ambition with Jack Kelly. Um, so I, I think I'm just going to start us off, right? Yesterday, I don't think I've seen anything like this before. Um, Intel, they're struggling with earnings. They recently announced layoffs. Now this week, they're announcing pay cuts across the board. So it's not just the CEO that's taking a pay cut. Um, certainly he's involved, but the executive leadership team is going to take a pay cut of 15%. The CEO is going to take a pay cut of 25%. Now, this is the thing that caught my attention. Senior managers at the company, so people outside of that executive bubble, senior managers, 10% cut. Mid-level management, 5% cut. So it, it seems like everyone, you know, that's an individual contributor, they're being saved from these um, pay adjustments to their base salary. But I, I think this is kind of alarm bells even ringing at Intel, right? You had the layoffs, now the pay cuts to save money. Like, what is going on? You, you know, I think I, I, I'm looking at it in a larger context. Okay. So in addition to Intel, we have JP Morgan, Apple, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, their CEOs all getting uh, cuts to their pay. Mm. And to me, it's too coincidental that all of a sudden, these marquee brand names are going to their CEOs and some for the C-suites. And even as Rick, you were talking about, you know, kind of the next level under. To, to exact you know cuts to their compensation. I think, I think, you know, conspiracy theory time, maybe. Well, I not really a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but but if we notice there's a herd mentality, like we've seen it with with the layoffs, right? You start, you know, one major company, let's say Meta, and then all of a sudden Amazon, Apple, well, Apple really didn't cut, you know, and and all these different, you know, marquee top brand tech companies start laying off. And Coincidentally, it's like 10,000 a clip. So not only do they all lay off about the same time, but the same amount of people each time. So now when you have four or five, six major big brand names saying, hey, we're going to make the, the CEOs you know, give up some money. Hmm. It almost seems too perfect. It seems too on the nose that it happens at once. So I'm wondering if that what's happening is it's a PR kind of thing where after a while, when you keep reading about thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans losing their jobs in the boardroom, you might have people whispering in the ears of the board of directors saying, Hey, this is not a good look. We got to share the pain. It's not right that the rank and file people are the ones who are getting laid off. You know, we got to share it. So, I don't know if Intel is a little different because they're very specific in what they're doing. But I feel with the big picture, I wonder if this is going to be the new trend, this warm, fuzzy, hey, I'm the CEO and I'm taking a cut. I'm just like you guys. We're no different. I'm going to tighten my belt too. So instead of earning a hundred million, I'm only going to have 90 million. <laughs> you know how tough that is for us now? 
So it's, I think this, we're, 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 we're getting this new thing that's going to happen now where just like it went from layoff, every company laying off, laying off the same amount of people, giving the same kind of spiel. Hey, we're sorry. We're sorry. We overhired. We didn't know. Oh, silly us. We didn't know about inflation. We didn't plan. Um, really sorry we had to do these cuts. And it's the same song and dance. And I think the same thing we can have with the CEOs. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to stand up and we're going we're gonna to take the pain too. What do you think? Am I crazy or is that maybe? I, I mean, can I feed into your conspiracy theory <laughs> yes. a little bit? Add, add fuel yes. to the fire? I, I, I don't think you're wrong yeah. because the thing is, okay, so executive compensation at a public company they usually have a compensation committee on a company's board of directors, right? And these board of directors, they have to work with the CEO all the time and vice versa. The CEO stuck with, you know, their board of directors. Like they're basically peers. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's like you, like, I, I, you know, like, let's say like, Jack, you're, you're my board member. I'm the CEO. And Maybe you're going to come and tell me and give me the advice about the PR, or you're going to tell me like, hey, have you read Bloomberg lately? Like, these are what our pure companies are doing. This is what, you know, Google's doing in terms of like, Sundar Pichai is taking a pay cut, Jamie Dimon, you know, whoever. Uh, I think we should do the same. Uh, but Rick, don't worry about it. Um, I I'll get you back later, right? Like, we'll make up for it. Like you think 100%, that's 100% Rick, because that happened during the pandemic. I can't tell you how many articles I wrote about, you know, XYZ exec took a pay cut. I, you know, they took a cut from, you know, you know, a hundred million dollars to whatever. And, <laughs> and then you, you, you later here read that they got all these new stock options, all these refreshers, all these other perks, all, you know, private jet. So they showed to the public, oh, we're, 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 we're sharing the pain. But then a few months later, when everyone forgets about it, you know, they get more stock. And think about it. the stock sometimes is way more valuable than the salary. Because if you have a company oh, that's like depressed, right? And their stock is down at a low point. And that's when you're doing when it's like really at maybe an all-time low or close to an all-time low. So what? So you take a little hit to the salary, but you get the stock dirt cheap. And then as soon as it turns around, you're going to make a windfall. So you actually probably end up making more money in total <laughs> compensation than you would have beforehand. So it becomes this kind of like bad joke where you're showing the, the, you know, the public, look how nice we are, but yet they're, they're like dealing behind the scenes. You know what? I, I think that's exactly right. Right. So like, let's, I'm going to pick on Apple. Okay. Um, Cause you know, right now, Apple, they're getting kind of the good PR in terms of being the only kind of like quote unquote big tech company that didn't uh, announce any layoffs, right? Um, they're getting credit for, you know, not having as many like frivolous perks or not hiring as crazy uh, during the pandemic, like their, their peer set. Sure. Fine. So CEO Tim Cook, his comp, was lowered by more than 40%. He took a pay cut down to 49 million. Oh. And 
that's still, you know, yeah, obviously that's still a buttload of money. I think we can have a GoFundMe for him. Way to start. <laughs> How is he going to make it? The thing about Tim is, um, I, I think that part is actually really interesting in terms of Apple because Tim, he didn't volunteer for the pay cut. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is um, for Apple, even with how good they were doing in terms of, you know, still maintaining their like the good earnings and and all of that, um, the pressure to lower their pay or lower his pay actually came from outside the company and even outside of the board of directors. You know, you had these like activist investors come in, announce a huge stake in the company. They issue a letter to the board of directors, right? And they basically like demand this uh, and say, hey, we think that he needs to take a pay cut or we think that this company needs to really lower costs, right? We improve margins and like weather through the storm of the recession. And, and I think that is the really interesting part there, right? Where even Apple, like the company that seemed to have figured it out, not overhired, not have to do layoffs so far, there's still calls saying you need to like save more. So is this a point where just one after another, every company, no matter what, is going to have to announce some type of layoff for another? Or am I kind of just screaming doom and gloom? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think what's happening too is this, where it's this it's 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 kind of a combination of things where you have these hedge funds, these activist hedge funds that are looking at places like Google and Apple and what have you, and they're saying, wait a minute, you've catered, and and everyone's gonna hate me for saying this, but I don't mean to be a dick. It's just that. You know, I want to be transparent of like what we're seeing is that I think what happens is this. For years, people working in tech are very well paid, very well compensated, and that eats up a lot of, of the money coming into the company. And, you know, we've all seen these TikToks where it's like, hey, I'm going to the office and here I have my you know, matcha iced tea and I'm going to go to the rooftop and look at my breakfast and look at my lunch and look at this pretty outfit I'm wearing today and all that. And I think, you know, investors look at that and go, what are you guys doing? You got to have some fiscal restraints. So I, you know how for years it seemed tech talent was really, you know, I would say pampered, you know, lack of a better way, right? Now I think it's switching where they're pampering their shareholders. So now they're going to the shareholders and the investors and they're going to placate them because they're the ones now who are up in arms. They're the ones who are saying, hey, you know what? We invested in you. And if you wring out all these ex excesses and you rein in all these costs, the stock price is going to go up. And Everybody wants the stock prices because then even for the workers, it's better for them because they're, right. they have stock. So in a warped, weird way, I think it's going to move from catering to the tech talent, right? Going towards the investors, 
but then it goes right back to the talent because they're going to benefit from getting, you know, I mean, from from the fiscal responsibility that they're doing. So the stock price is going to go up, and so their compensation goes up. So it's a weird, it, right? Like it, it seems it sounds like crazy, but it, doesn't that make I sense? Mean, it it does make sense because I mean. That's the whole point of stock-based compensation, yes. right? Like the intellectual or, or, or conceptual exercise behind stock-based um, compensation or equity is, you know, yeah, we want you to be invested literally in the future of the company. Right. We want you to make decisions that benefit everyone rather than yourself, right? Uh, we want you to create long-lasting value. Um, and, and I think that is the thing that, especially like a lot of, you know, individual contributors, even middle management forget, like tech opening up stock options for everyone, like even the receptionists get stock options, right, um, is quite a new concept or quite a rare concept, right? Like, you might know this, right? But like typically these like extravagant like bonuses or like right. profit payouts or stock are reserved for like partners or executives, right? At the highest levels. And tech is actually the anomaly in terms of opening it up to everyone. The other thing that I think is really interesting to your point in terms of like all these like TikTok videos and like social media, like <laughs> blogs about how, you know, fabulous my day in the life is, is, you know, now, now I'm going to kind of stir the pot a little bit and get maybe the like Reddit Wall Street bets crowd riled up. <laughs> Go if you remember it. them, Jack. Yeah. Um, I'm going to like maybe like stir into this like anti hedge fund hate. But recently there was a hedge fund. Uh, in an activist hedge fund that told that wrote a letter to Sundar Pichai at Alphabet after that company announced uh, layoffs of six percent, saying this is a great start, but really Alphabet should be laying at least twenty percent of the headcount off. Um, this billionaire, Christopher Hahn, he wrote this letter and said. Alphabet should cut its workforce to around 150,000 people, which is uh, where the employee count was at the end of uh, 2021, right? So basically, like, undo the last year, um, you know. And in his note, he said, Google staff are overpaid, <laughs> and uh, your recent layoffs are in the right direction, but does not do enough. And I mean, is there something to this, right? Like you see this on blind until recently, there were these new grads going into college and earning 200,000, 220,000, right? Really high like compensation just out of the gate, graduating college, right? Like I remember, and maybe I'm dating myself and everyone's going to say, okay, boomer. <laughs> but like, I remember when, when I was in college and you had the career fair, oh, the hot industry at the time, and I went to Berkeley, uh, was tech, banking, and consulting, 
right? And you had the like not so technical people like myself really attracted to like consulting and banking because hey, it's Wall Street or hey, there's a glamorous lifestyle of like traveling all the time. And hey, your compensation out of college could be like 80, 90, 100K, right? <laughs> and, and that was like incredible. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like 200, everyone on blind is just doesn't bat their eyelash, right? They're like, okay, that TC is normal, fine. Might even be low, right? <laughs> like, do these billionaires who, you know, have a rightfully earned reputation of kind of being out of touch, you know, are they onto something? Like, did, did we get over our skis as an industry um, with like compensation expectations, with like workplace expectations, with like lifestyle expectations? Absolutely. 100%. So I think what happens is this, they're, they're, they're sharks and they smell blood. And what the blood they smell is this, that the cost got way too high. You know, the, the, the amount of people working at the places, too many people and getting paid too much. So they calculated, my opinion, that they're calculating, hey, if there's a certain amount of layoffs and certain, you know, cutting costs, that's going to unlock a lot of value, which is going to drive the share price up. And, you know, I invest, you know, I invested in, and I don't know if Sir Han, I presume he, he's an investor, not just sending a threatening letter that no, let's yeah. presume for the sake of argument, if this is the case, that he already invested money in Google. So now he has six, X amount six of Google. billion dollars. He so you have that in there, right? So, the mo so once people are laid off, costs are cut, make other fiscally responsible moves, where does the stock price go? Goes up. And who's the beneficiary? The hedge fund who stirred the pot. So it's, a, but, the, but it also, to circle back what we mentioned before, in a warped way, it actually helps the remaining workers because the value of the shareholdings they own of the company stock, of Google stock, is going to go up too. So their total compensation is going to rise. So the people who remain within the organization, the, you know, as there are less people, they could get higher wealth in terms of the stock. So it, it, it doesn't help the people who lost their jobs, unfortunately, but the ones who stay in their job and the stock prices go up, they're going to see their, you know, their wealth increase. And it could be measurably increasing because if they keep driving down costs and the stock price keeps going up, the workers are going to do really well. I mean, right? I, it's I, like bizarre logic, but that's how it, I mean, if you just walk it through, that's what seems to happen. Then let me add something else to it. And right. I think why lately we're having all these companies saying, you know, mea culpas by the CEO saying, hey, we made a mistake. We overhired. We did this. So we're going to take a cut to our pay. They're playing the same game. They're going to take a cut to their pay. Right, right. But then later on, the board of directors are going to say, hey, don't worry, we'll take care of you. We're going to give you some other stock and some other options and some other whatever, which will make up for it again. And then some. There is this crazy thing where a lot of these companies that lay people off, right? So like Meta, uh, Alphabet, uh, even like to a lesser extent, Microsoft, um, they got into this frenzy by creating it themselves over time, right? So there was this like talent hoarding where 
they wanted to hire all of these engineers because if I have an engineer that's really comfortable, really pampered, really highly paid, they're not going to go out and invent the next thing that's going to kick my butt down the line, right? They're not going to be a competitor in terms of starting their own startup. They're also not going to work at like my direct competitor, right? Because if they're their butt's in my seat, mm-hmm. it's not going to be in someone else's seat. And I think what really happened was, you know, you had Meta, you had Alphabet, um, they, they started to outcompete each other for competition to start hoarding this talent. They started raising this comp, right? And so we saw this like sentiment on blind where, you know, there was a good period where it seems like the tech world was just all against Mark Zuckerberg, right? <laughs> This metaverse thing is crazy. It's killing my stock. He doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe we should replace him as CEO. And there were some people on blind. Uh, maybe we can call them cynics. Maybe we call, call them pragmatists. But they were saying, hey, all of you guys hating on Mark Zuckerberg don't realize that he's the reason why so many of us have these like <laughs> eye-watering TCs, right? He, he raised the bar in terms of pay and perks. And then all of the other guys, they had to follow. So it just seems like there's no original thought anymore. It, it seems like what got us into this mess was all of these companies played follow the leader because they saw, oh, my peer, or my competitor is hiring. I need a hire too. Oh, I need to be really competitive or even be like extraordinary. I need to pay up a 90th percentile or, or higher. And so I need to raise my pay packages my for the offers that are going out. <laughs> and then it gets fast forward to like kind of more recently where it's like, oh no, I overhired. I, I don't have the business or I don't have the revenue to support this. Now I have to lay people off or alternatively, oh, my peers and my competitors are laying people off. I can lay people off now too, uh, but I don't really need to. So I'm going to do it now. And then now to your earlier point, oh, well, like my peer executives, they're taking pay cuts. Now I should do it. Like, is this just like a whole thing of like, where is the leadership in the business world? Where is the leadership in the industry? Everyone just seems to be playing follow the leader. There's no original thought. Isn't it funny, right? Because you would think these are amazing companies run by smart people, um, filled with brilliant folks, and yet they all look to someone else to say, hmm, they're doing it, so we're going to do it too. Isn't that, it's so bizarre. It's so weird. that. But you, we, we keep seeing this happen all the time. Right. And- I, I knew when Alphabet announced their layoffs that we're in for something really crazy just you know like I've worked at many different startups I worked at you know different tech companies in in, in San Francisco and the amount of times I've heard leaders or even middle management say oh well this is what Google's do Mm -hmm. doing or this is what Google does so we should do the same thing I've heard that so much and gosh, when Alphabet announced their layoffs, I immediately had that flashback of all the people that have told me, oh, well, if Google's doing it, we need to do it too. <laughs> well, what does Google do, right? 
and I'm just thinking, gosh, this is this is the beginning, right? It, it's we're nowhere near the end. We're we're still it's in the cover. Beginning. It's it back in the day. I understand they used to say, you know, no one would lose their job if if they bought IBM. Meaning, like if you bought <laughs> yeah. products from IBM, you're safe. It's right. okay. Everyone you know, else. So if, if something goes wrong, no one's going to fault you for using IBM. Uh, I think it's the same thing now. You find like, well, if Google is doing it. They know what they're talking about. So maybe we should. And then if we don't act, the board and investors will say, why aren't you doing something, Rick? Because like Google and you know Microsoft and Meta and Amazon have all laid off. Why are you? What's wrong with you? And then if something goes wrong and you didn't lay off, then you're going to be in a bad spot because you 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 are part of the herd, you know. So now you're the weak gazelle at the watering hole, and you're going to be taken down because you didn't follow the rest of the crew, you know, the rest, you know, of of the of the you know people. And and now you're like, oh my god. So now I'm I'm stuck. I'm looking at a bad situation. So it it makes people just follow along. Yeah, I, I I I get it. Yeah, right. Because it's it's so easy. Like, oh, don't don't stick out, right? Just right. just, just but I wonder. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, what does this mean for everyday professionals? Right? That like they're they're not getting a compensation adjustment or more stock later, right? Like, you're dealing with the fear of either having receive the pink slip getting laid off or fearing that you're going to be next right it's very hard to kind of like have that mental capacity to kind of like work through this right now right and i i wonder like is is this like truly like inescapable right like is like my 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 theory is there's just going to be more of these dominoes to fall but like at what point do we all think Oh, okay. This is enough. Like the powers that me, the the that powers that be, the executives that are playing follow the leader. Like, when do they stop? I I, I mean, is there a way for us to kind of predict it? Is this the the so called like soft landing or even the like recession that the Federal Reserve wants? Is, is that when, like, you know, the music's gonna stop? It's a good question, but you know, I think too. To go back to one of you about the fear factor, I think right. that's real. And I don't know if it's purposely driven or it's a byproduct that if you have all these companies laying off people for the employees who remain, they're, they're worried, they're anxious and they're stressed because like they don't know what's going to happen next. So each day they got to go to work wondering, is this my last day? And then it keeps them on their toes. So you know, it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable to say, but it almost feels like by these layoffs, it's a power grab by, you know, these big companies, because basically what they're saying is, hey, if you don't like it, we'll just lay you off, you know, goodbye. And by the way, you know, there's what, 150,000 plus tech people who've lost their jobs, but this year alone, I don't know the- Yeah, this year alone. Is just that, about. so like now you're competing presumably with 150,000 other people and, and, or more. So it's a way to maybe take advantage of a situation 
from the executive from the C-suite to say, hey, you know, this is our chance. We can get rid of some dead weight. We can get rid of people who we wanted to, but we were scared to because then maybe we might be perceived as being discriminatory against a certain group or being biased. But if you just say, hey, we're just across the board, we're laying off people, it gives them cover to do it. And now it puts you know the fear into folks. You don't want to speak up too much. You don't want to complain. Think about it. For year, for a few years, you know, workers, no matter whether tech or anywhere, we kept saying, "Hey, I want this. I want that. I want something else." And companies would acquiesce because it was so hard to find, you know, and attract talent and retain talent. Now it's the reverse. They're like, "Meh. If you don't like it, too bad. We'll let you go, and we'll find somebody else." There are lots of people looking. Which is pretty messed up because it's it's that's not a good thing if you know for the average American worker to have to have that hanging over your head. I mean, I, I think this is a good point, right? Where maybe it stops when the employers feel like they have the upper hand again, right? Like they did not like the revolt against returning to the office. Well, think about it. Now, have you seen right. it's more of getting back to the office? Which shows, right. right, the trends are more going back to the office, less, you know, less, we, we just spoke with Andrew Seaman at LinkedIn, right? What did he say? There are fewer remote jobs, but more people applying for those fewer jobs. Few, yeah. So they're pushing it back into the office because they know now they're getting more of the power back. I, I mean, I, I think, I think that might be right, right? Where they Think about how many times you and I have talked about, oh, so-and-so company set this date for return to office, mm -hmm. right? Even back in 2020, they were saying, oh, well, yeah. it's going to be Labor Day or it's going to be the, the start of like the new year in 2021, right? Like we, we had all of these false starts and they didn't happen because a lot of the employees, they revolted, right? And they said, oh, no, we're not going to come right. back. Or they said, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to leave. And then they ended up going across the street and getting a huge raise, right? Because then we had the quote-unquote like great <laughs> resignation. And we had this like fight for talent and compass right. on. And maybe if you're an employer or you're like a big, big wig executive and you saw all of that and you're like, Oh, screw these guys, <laughs> you know, like, how, how dare you? And and now they're just ha exacting their revenge. I mean, is, right? is that, is Cause, that cause too cynical I of think, a take? Because I think what happens, let's say you have a lot of baby boomer managers and they're used to being in the office. They like putting on their suit and their tie and going down the hallways, barking orders. Everybody has to listen to them. Now, when they're home, you know, um, their spouse, no their partner listens. says, okay, take out the trash, walk the dog. <laughs> Did you do this? Did you do that? And you're like, wow, this sucks. You know, I'm not the boss anymore. I'm just like, this is terrible. So I, I think they, they want to get back into the office because that's their power. That's their ego. That's what gets them off, you know, to be the big shot. And so they want to bring it back. And then I'll give it, I'll, I'll grant them this too. They probably, they do feel it's better. Like Jamie Dimon would say, and Goldman Sachs, you know, who, you know, David Solomon said it's an aberration remote work. So they really never fully embraced it or want it. So now 
they're like, hey, this is our time to kind of use it to bring it back, as you pointed out, that the power dynamic has shifted. And so that they can kind of bring everybody back, or as many people, you know, as they can to bring them back. Yeah, I, I just never underestimate the stupid consequences of the male ego. Right. <laughs> it's true, right? And you know, so I was being diplomatic, but it's guys. It's it's the guys who do that. No, they, yeah, you know, it's, it's they, always they like the power, the power trip, and well, yeah. Oh God, what a nightmare. I but now to turn we... it back to when we started the conversation about yeah. you know about how these exacts are taking here? a hit. I think that's kind of almost a publicity ploy to say, you know, hey, we're taking some pain too. So this is their way of saying, hey, it's not just you who's, you know, having a hard time going back to the office, losing their job, you know, and so forth. But look, we're 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 taking a cut too. So it's almost like, you know, a charm offensive. Oh, poor us. We're hurting too. I yeah, only have five mansions now. It, I only have that, three yachts. It's, it's that throwaway sentence that all the PR people are writing in their executive layoff memos, right? We overhired yeah. or we made these bad decisions and I take responsibility, right? And then there was a little bit of backlash when people said, okay, fine, you said this, yes. but like, what responsibility are you actually taking? And so now they're saying, oh, well, I got my pay cut. Exactly. Right? Like, I'm still the boss, but I got my pay cut. Yeah. Ah, I mean, I mean, speaking of memos, can, can I, can I uh, bring this up for you, Jack? Yeah. I think you'll get a trip. In 2020, we freaked out when people were firing doing layoffs on Zoom, right? In, in 2021, we freaked out when layoffs were happening in these like mass meetings in person, right? Like this like, and now we got into this point where like mass firings are sent done over email. Like how <laughs> these last like two years do we like, rightfully so freak out about kind of how impersonal layoffs were in a quick five minute zoom call and now it's just oh it's a email that you read in five minutes and now you're locked out of the computer like when how did that cold become blood okay? is that it's so right. it's I. it's it's so cold i i don't i seriously rick i really can't wrap my head around how these Tech companies that are so sophisticated can't find a better way to inform people in an empathetic way. It's shocking. I mean, I really don't understand it. I mean, is it just because they don't want to, right? Because they're going to say something like, oh, well, you know, at a company of our scale, it's just so hard to talk to thousands of people tens of thousands of people one by one and i don't think that's a good answer like it doesn't pass the like sniff test right it, it seems like just total bs because yeah. if you recall there's like what is the movie like up in the air and it's like george clooney 
and he has like a bajillion airline miles. But the reason he has like a million airline miles is his character was a consultant that literally laid people off, right? You would fly to different offices and people like go into like a different conference room, talk to people one-on-one, hand them over the like severance folder and explain to them what they did, right? Like in, in the quote unquote olden days, like that's exactly how layoffs happen. They happen exactly face to face. Now, tell me if this is naive. Let's say, whatever, ABC tech company. You've got to imagine if it's a certain size, you probably have what, several hundred HR people? What do you think? So, Plus, oh, easy. Right. So let's say you have 300 HR people. Okay. But then you have managers. You have division managers, you know, you have VPs, what have you. So if you think about it, when you break it down, yes, you laid off 10,000 people. That's a lot. But if you break it down, if you have 500 HR people, you have, you know, F5, you know, thousand, you know, managers and so forth, you could kind of tackle it one at a time. It's not so bad after a while. Then you start looking at the numbers. Okay. So maybe you meet with three, four, five people a day, but isn't that worth it just to be humane? You know, instead of an email, um, unless they're afraid of the backlash that somebody says something in the process and then they'll turn around and say, hey, I was laid off because I'm fill in the blank, you know, um, um, this color, that color, this weight, this height, this age, this whatever. And maybe it opens up lots of problems and lawsuits. So it's almost easier to just say, you know, here's your email, you're gone without any conversation or explaining why you're gone and you wash your hands of it, which if that's the case, it, it's kind of cold-blooded, isn't it? I mean, I hate to say it, but I really think it is cold-blooded, but it, it, it's just this like, again, it's just like unwillingness to take responsibility, Yeah. right? Mass layoffs are not a new phenomenon. Thousands, tens of thousands of people used to get laid off at once, and they still happened face to face, one on one, in a conference room, right or whatever. Um, if it, those problems that you mentioned, like those fears, companies had them long ago, mm-hmm. right? Like every HR executive we've spoken to, or every HR leader that we'll ever speak to or ever meet. They, they, they know how to do this, right? It, it's, it's part of their job. Um, they, they've been like, they've heard stories or they've been trained or they've experienced it themselves. Like there's, there's no reason that we need to just do an email or worse, people find out that they get laid off because their severance hits their bank account too early or um, they get locked out of their computer, right? Like, that's just like bad HR. That's just yeah. bad management, bad, just being a bad person. <laughs> like, you know, like we, we didn't have to do all of those things and these things didn't exist previously. I mean, I, I think my one thing that I kind of want to like bring it down to, boil this down to is we could all do better right? The companies need to do better in terms of how they make their decisions, how they hold themselves accountable. 
um, they need to think about like the human impact of what they're doing, right? That it's not just, oh, it's it's all business. Everything's fair in, in, in business. And like workers, we also need to do better too, right? In terms of, yeah, like maybe now's not the right time to phone it in right? Like now's not the time to kind of make these rash decisions, but like really think about like how these things play out in the future and how, you know, everything that we do as human beings has a consequence, has an effect on someone else. And I, I think we've lost that empathy all around. It, it, it is a shame because what happens, you lose trust in everything. So right. Let's say, let's say if I was one of the people who were laid off by any of these firms by email and everything was cut off and I had really important things on my hard drive or whatever, and now I'm left, I don't understand why I was let go. I really thought I worked the best I could be. And it was just, just so, you know, just that's it. I'm gone. Right. The trust not only for the company I work for, but in the future, it kind of ruins a whole generation of people that realize, wow, you know, we went from, hey, we're a family, we're a family to firing grandma. It's just changed. And it's, and, and it's, and it's going to be hard for people to come back, particularly young people. You know, I think if you're like a Gen Z, right, and this is your first experience to get fired, you know, via email, like, how do you bounce? It's hard to bounce back from that. Because you're like, how can I ever trust another employer? And then how can you blame them if they go to another firm? And I know you said like, and I agree with you, it's not the time to do quiet quitting, acting your wage, but then you can't blame someone for doing it because they feel like, hey, I'm going to kill myself and put in all the hours. And one day I'll come and they're just going to say, goodbye, you're out. You know, so it's, it just takes the wind out of your sails. I'll leave you this for what it's worth. My own, my own kind of philosophy right. after being in the work world for so many years is that it's, it's, you just have to have this, and this is, it's terrible that I have to say it, this, but like you have to have this really thick skin because it's, it's a game. It really is a game and you got to learn how to play the game. And there'll be times where you luck out and you get a great job, great opportunity, great money. There are times where you're just the wrong place at the wrong time and you lose your job. And it's just having the fortitude to kind of keep going and keep trying and not give up. And there'll be days that are great, days that are horrible, but it's, it's, it's not easy. And sometimes we see lives on Instagram and, and online, we're like, oh my God, they haven't made, but no one hasn't made, no one hasn't figured it out. You know, everybody's dealing with their own headaches and problems. And so I think it's just really taking control, active control over your life and over your career. And I think that's like the big key. Like no one's going to save you. No one's going to open the doors for you for the most part. So it's really finding out what you want to do, what you want to achieve and go after it. And knowing sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then you fall down, you pick yourself up and that's what it is. And it's not just you. Sometimes people think, hey, it's only happening to me. What was me? No, it's happening to everybody all across the spectrum from CEOs to your people just starting out. And, um, and by having that, having more control or you know, taking control makes you feel better too, because you're not feeling like a victim. You feel like, hey, I'm gonna do something about it. So like, if you have lost your job, it's horrible, it's terrible to go through, but look at it like, hey, you know what? 
this is the time to try something new, get a better job, better opportunity, find a bunch of good recruiters to help you find something and make the best of it. And then hopefully it turns around and say, you know what? This was the best thing that ever happened to me. That's it for The Blind Ambition. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.